0: Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I'm your host Andy Storch, and today is a bonus Q&A episode with Jerry Dugan. Jerry is the Director of Organizational Effectiveness for a healthcare organization in Dallas. He runs a small team there, and they just got done with a huge ERP implementation. And if you haven't listened to my first interview with Jerry, go back and check that out. We talk all about the importance of using a needs assessment. And we also walk through the ERP implementation they just did using the needs assessment to set everything up. I thought it was a really great episode with lots of great value, so I hope you check that out. And in this bonus Q&A episode, I'm going to ask Jerry about his proudest moment in L&D, his biggest mistake, the trend he's following, the challenges he sees, and a book recommendation beyond the book he already gave in the first episode. Joy. All right, that will do it for my bonus Q&A episode with Jerry Dugan. I hope you enjoyed that and got some value. As a reminder, this podcast is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank community, which is the number one community out there. If you want to learn, you want to grow, you want to connect with other people in talent development to find out what people are working on, get your questions answered and solve real problems. That's what we've been doing in the community since it launched in summer of 2020, and we are still going strong, and I would love for you to come check us out. Our website is tdtt.us, as in Talent Development Think Tank, tdtt.us. Our podcast is also sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is a professional services firm dedicated to providing a continuous stream of creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps organizations develop great people, and you can find out more information on their website, advantageperformance.com. That's advantageperformance.com. All right, I'm back with Jerry Dugan, who is the director of organizational effectiveness for a healthcare system in Dallas. This is our bonus Q and A round. Jerry, we're going to start by talking about your career. What is? I love your reaction. Too bad those <laughs> listening on the podcast can't see Jerry? I know they didn't right see what I just did. <laughs> he looks like he won on the Price is Right, and he's coming <laughs> on down to the stage. Speaking of that excitement, what's been one of your proudest moments in your career or biggest accomplishments?
1: Oh man. Well, I've, I can think of two. The one that I guess mo- most people think about is the ERP project that I just came off of yeah. uh, that we talked about on, on the other episode, because that's probably the largest scope I've ever messed with. You know, mm. 180, 190 job aides leading a team from three different companies to try to get them to act as one company. I didn't mention this in the other show that there was a a leadership conference on top of that where we launched our manager training and above for that platform. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting the needs assessment done, inventorying all our capabilities, purchasing a new platform or tool to do all this development, the change management behind it to not just adopt the ERP, but to also adopt this training tool. It was a success. It also, you know, Mm -hmm. Almost drove me to drink. No, I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it it is something that I am proud of because it was probably the biggest challenge in learning and development that I had faced. The other thing I'm really proud of, because I I do love gamification of learning. And in my previous employer, there were people who struggled with learning finance. And, And when I say a few people, I mean a lot of new managers, especially struggled with the financial side of becoming a manager, you know, so another healthcare organization. So we take a nurse who is great at being a nurse and then we take them out of that role and we plop them into this manager role, which is now more about people skills, financial and business acumen, and things that they never learned in nursing school. And so there was a need to teach these concepts to new nurse managers, new managers in general, and help make it stick because, no matter how long you made the lecture, it just wasn't sticking. And so we talked about needs assessment in the other episode. That's exactly what we did. and we we assessed the audience. What do they already know about budgeting? Not a, not a thing. <laughs> they They could balance their own personal checkbook and that's about it. Great. What does current finance training look like in corporations? The complete opposite, because it's developed by people who have master's degrees in accounting, and they're trying to cram their entire master's degree of knowledge into an employee or a manager within an hour or two and expect full proficiency. So from there, I just realized, you know, teacher skills are way high. The student skills are way low, but then in these leadership classes, you also have people who've been leaders anywhere from five years to 25 or 30 years. So you have this big mix of an audience and they're all supposed to get the same content and they're all supposed to come out with the same proficiency by the time it's over. So to land my plane on that one, one of the things I'm most proud of was gamifying the learning of finance. And so what started off as a four hour lecture that was then proposed to be an all day lecture Uh, I then proposed a four-hour game, which I think eventually became a three-hour game. And it blended elements from like Monopoly, Life, Trivial Pursuit. It was called The Cure, uh, which they don't use the game anymore. So I think I can talk about it a little bit. I don't think they trademarked it, but I don't own the rights to it. But I'm going to talk about it Uh, so they can sue me, I guess. Um, Just (laughs) give them my fake address, Andy, if they come looking for me. Uh, They know where to find me, though. (laughs) They got my number. Uh, But anyway, it was called the cure. Uh, The idea was that you work for a hospital or a health system, Mm. and the zombie apocalypse has broken out. Now you as a new nurse manager have to do your part by helping manage your costs so that all your excess revenue can be diverted to researching the cure for zombieism. Mm. And so that was the game premise. It, it was played in three different phases. So phase one was like you would see on Trivial Pursuit, and it had some gotcha moments, and mm. it tied in the mission and core values of the organization. So you landed on these mission spaces. You drew a card from the deck that was for mission, and it would be things like, well, for practicing good stewardship, you, you freed up X number of dollars, put this on your tally sheet, and so you would. Or hey, you know, luck of the draw was another stack, but it was like Irish luck. So it wasn't always good stuff inside the deck. So you get to like, ah, two people called in sick. They say they have the flu. Maybe it's the zombie flu. And it's like minus X number of dollars off your tally sheet. And so your score sheet was actually an income, a revenue and expense sheet. And you would end up calculating net operating income. So these were concepts that new managers were not getting. And by the end of the game, they were understanding things like revenue versus expense, capital item, capital expense, all these terms that were always giving them trouble. They now understood. Now the the side effect of the byproduct was they associated finances with the zombie apocalypse. But The Walking Dead was a popular show at the time and it worked, and they understood what net operating income was, you know, all kinds of good stuff. And then when they went to talk to their finance directors at their hospitals, it was a much easier conversation now because they had a common language they didn't have before. So that game ran for about two years, got to be the guy who designed the game, the game play, the, a lot of the questions that went into it, you know, leveraged an artist to design the game board and the game pieces and so on. And uh, my team uh, that I worked with, it was like 14 of us to have them use that game in their local regions with their new leaders. That was a proud moment. Yeah. Fun. Designed a game.
0: Get my mute off here. That's really cool. <laughs> I like that, Jerry. You designed a game and gamifying learning, which is I mean yeah. always more exciting and interesting. Flip side, Jerry, what has been one of your biggest mistakes or failures? And what did you learn oh, from?
1: Man, biggest mistake or or failure that I learned from relates more to change management. So so same program where we gamified this learning. I was later in charge of the whole learning curriculum for that program. And in talking with the other educators, it was kind of like, you know, it'd be great if we went digital with all our materials. We, we print this big old binder and it has like 20 something sections in it. And if we assemble the binder, binder up front, by the time we get to the session that references section 30, that information's outdated. And so we're reprinting things anyway, and it just becomes a big mess. What if we just went digital and we minimize the amount of handouts we did? I'm like, great. So we, we did that. Uh, We did sort of a needs assessment, what definitely needed to be a handout, what could be digital. We made the conversion, and then we just made the decision to make the switch. Had approval from my director and my vice president, and we made the switch. Next training session for our leadership development program, we found out the hard way that we didn't vet this with any of the presenters who were outside of our department. They were not on board with us going paperless, and some of them were very vocal in the training sessions, very unprofessional in my opinion, but they were still vocal nonetheless nonetheless, and were expecting like the old printouts to, to be back. And it was just one of those things that made its way up the chain of command and then trickled its way back down to me. And it was a big flop. The the binders came back and it was, it was known as one of my, my, my big failures (laughs) in my career. It's like, I guess they still talked about it and people were still eager to throw my name under the bus for it. And, uh, And so, but it all came down to change management. You know, we didn't truly do a campaign to make sure our presenters were on board, that the Mm -hmm. HR leaders in those regions were on board, that the students themselves would be okay with going paperless. Um, None of that was really vetted. So yeah, that was a big uh uh-oh moment.
0: Yeah. uh, Good uh, good learning experience. Yeah. What is, what do you say is the biggest challenge in talent development today?
1: Oh, man having to say no, (laughs) you know, you get all these requests for training that really is not requests for training. And if you say no too many times, you lose the confidence that you're the go-to person when they do need training. If you say yes too many times, you wind up burning you and your team out and you even start to pigeonhole yourself uh, to like be the team that does nothing but disc training or yeah, they're the guys we call for team building fun activities. So you got to be careful of what you say yes to and what you say no to and it's that juggling act of being strategic and demonstrating value to the organization at the same time and I think maybe I'm saying that because I also am a people pleaser and I know it so yeah, for me same. to say no yeah
0: it's hard it's really hard I've been getting a lot better at it too lately and just say like nope this doesn't fit in with, you know, what I'm trying to do or my goals or the overall, like it's not going to move the needle, that sort of thing. Yeah. It, it takes practice, right. And getting, sure into does. priorities what's a trend that you're following and excited about in talent development today?
1: Oh man. Micro learning was a big thing for a while. And I think the biggest thing I'm noticing though, is more about micro learning that's specific to upskilling. Yeah. I, I'm hearing more and more about that. You know, what's the research behind it? I don't know. I just see more of those types of emails coming into my inbox. I see more of those headlines, all about upskilling, broadening your you know, uh, higher ability, and you know, people don't have time to sit through like a four hour or five hour course. So it's you know, so with that upskilling, micro learning that also changes the dynamic of how you deliver training in your companies. So where we used to prescribe, you will take this class, this class, this class, this class. Now it's becoming more of an open library. Here are all the things you can. Access, here are all the badges you can earn and tying those into the HR record of you know, somebody's talent profile. Those are some of the things I'm seeing more and more of. So I start off with upskilling, micro learning, and I somehow landed into talent management. Um, in terms of like now that learning is being captured and put into the HR record. So you can I went to a Burson conference a few years back. I'm sure that's not the name that it's officially called. I just know that Josh Burson was there. He's a big HR guy.
0: Yeah. He used to host one called Burson Impact, I think. And uh, that's it. now, now he has a new one <laughs> I went to this year called Irresistible.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think it was 2018 or 2019. He talked about, oh boy. So that's what I get for being a squirrel you know, driven guy, right? It's like, what was I talking about? Oh man, I guess it wasn't that important if I forgot about it. Cause now what I'm thinking about is, Oh, Oh, like how AI could be used to sift through your HR profiles and see who is the best set of candidates internally for like a leadership role that just opened up or, and so, you know, having learning systems and ecosystems that are integrated into your human capital management system is Mm, pretty big.
0: Jerry, I know you are a a lifelong learner and a reader like me. Uh, Is there a book in this space that you often recommend or has made a big impact for you?
1: Oh, boy. Well, there's that one I couldn't even name on the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) There is that one. Oh, man. I think one of the other books that I can actually name would be Fierce Conversations Hmm. by Susan Scott. Uh, She does a lot of communication skills type of training. Uh, She's an executive coach. Her whole company, Fierce Incorporated, does that for companies. They train people to facilitate these training sessions. And what I love about that book and what I love about their speaking model or their conversation models is that if you're a new leader and you're looking for a way to coach your team, but you don't know how, they have a coaching model that's easy to follow and you can, you can have a, a very impactful conversation for coaching uh, for somebody's growth and, and understanding philosophically that coaching isn't just when somebody does something wrong. It's mm-hmm. when people are doing things right as well. Uh, they have a great delegation model, which I think they borrowed from Wiley. When I say borrowed, I think they took it and then added some tree analogies to it, trunk and root and branch and leaf and all that stuff. But Wiley through, I think, their book, uh, your first leadership job. Oh, that's another one. Okay. So two books. I'm I'm cheating here, Andy, two books, okay. uh, Fierce Conversations and Your First Leadership Job. There you go. Okay. Got it. And last Three question. Books, the Outward Mindset. <laughs> Jerry's a cheater, man. Uh, sorry. Cheater.
0: cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. All right. Last question for you, Jerry, for those out there working in talent development, who are looking for ways to accelerate their own career success, what's one more piece of advice you would give?
1: Oh man, I think having a membership to TD.org. So association for talent development is, is huge. Uh, I mentioned it's a big fire hose of resources. It is worth having because you connect with people there. You see what the hottest trends are. The it's evidence-based in a lot of things, their conferences are huge. So if you're looking to just expand your horizon on what's possible in this arena of learning and development, ATD is a big, big resource to tap into.
0: It is a behemoth, and I uh, had the pleasure of speaking at and attending their conference this year in Orlando, and it was uh, huge. And It was great to see friends there, including several members of our Talent Development Think Tank community who were there. And I might be going to one next year as well, and I know there's tons of great content in there. So thanks for sharing that, Jerry, and thank you again for coming on and sharing more of your experience and your wisdom here in the world of talent development. I appreciate it. I'm glad to know you and I look forward to talking more in the future.
1: Awesome. Same here, Andy. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.